Let's take our Bibles together, please, to the book of 1 John. We're continuing to go verse by verse through this book of the Bible. We've got three verses. I'll need you to put your thinking cap on today. As we go through verse by verse through the Bible, sometimes things that we read, they're not just a simple application of truth. They're maybe not even a call to some decision of our life. Sometimes the verses in the Bible are meant to just exalt and to explain who our God is. And we have that this morning in the three verses that are before us. First John chapter 5, verse number 6, the Bible says this, This is He that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ. Not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is truth. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. And there are three that bear witness in earth, the Spirit, and the water, and the blood, and these three agree in one. I'm preaching this morning on the three in one, and we have three verses. Everything this morning is going to be about threes. Verse number six, you're going to see three. Verse number seven, you're going to see three. And verse number eight, you're going to see three. And all these are not all the same threes. You know, as we read over these real quickly this morning, you might have thought, what is he talking about? The water? What water? Is that, is that the Tennessee River? Is that the ocean? What, what is that? But these have great significant truths about our God that we need to understand or it wouldn't be in the Bible. The first thing that we want to talk about are the three that are in Jesus. That's verse 6. The three in Jesus. Would you look at verse 6 again? It says, this is he that came by water and blood even Jesus Christ. So verse 6 is talking about Jesus Christ. Now, in verse number 5, he said, Who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? So there's something miraculous about Jesus Christ. He's not just a man like you are. He's not just a human being. He is the Son of God. So there's something different about him that the world needs to understand. You know, I don't believe the majority of the world really believes that Jesus is the Son of God. I don't really believe that the majority of the world really believes that he rose from the dead. I don't believe that. Maybe there's a cliche, but I don't think there's a real belief in that by most people in the world. And the Bible is telling us in verse number 6 that the Lord Jesus Christ has two very distinct natures that are very different than you. It said in verse 6, this is he that came by water and blood. What does that mean? This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ. And then he emphasized, like it's, it's very important for you to understand. He says, not by water only. But by water and blood. What is he trying to tell us about our Savior? Hold your finger there. Would you go to the same author that wrote the Gospel of John? John chapter 3. And he told us about that water. 
He told us what he's talking about, not by water only. In John chapter 3, here's a man that comes to Jesus Christ. And Jesus tells him in verse number 3, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And that's still true today. Unless, just like uh, the the young men sang this morning, uh, you've got to have a new birth. The Lord's got to change your whole life. You've got to have, you've got to meet Jesus and and have a new birth for you to, to enter into his heaven, to know anything about him. And that's true today. Have you been born again? Have you had another birth? All right, you, we know you've had a physical birth. You have to have another birth. I never forget. I was in Romania and I, I was teaching the guys we led to Christ, and and uh, this one young man that got led to Christ, he was probably about eighteen, nineteen, twenty years old, and so uh, he, the Orthodox priest got very upset that he he got saved and he got baptized, and he he found him in the town square and pulled him aside. And he started talking to him, and he said, he said, young man, he said. Uh, he said, don't you understand you were born Orthodox? And that young man looked at him and said, I'm sorry, I just learned I was born a sinner. I learned that my birth was not a religious birth, it was a sinful birth. And I needed a different birth. I needed a spiritual birth to take care of that sinful birth. Jesus said, this man, you must be born again. That's the same thing. That's spoken to you this morning. If you've never been born again, you're lost. You're without God. I don't care who your parents are. I don't care what you do in your life. Ye must be born again. That's the message of Jesus. You've got to have another birth. Well, how is that possible? He said in John chapter 3 and verse number 4, Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? What do you mean i got to be born again? Now watch it. Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily I say unto thee, except a man be born of what? Born of water. And of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Verse 6, that which is born of what? Flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. So it's very clear what Jesus is saying to Nicodemus. Nicodemus is talking about being born again. He said, I can't go into my mother's womb and be born a second time. And Jesus said, no, no, you've got to be born by water and the Spirit. There's got to be a watery birth is a physical birth. Every one of us are born of water. We all got here through a watery birth. Now, if you don't understand that, I'm not going to have biology class this morning. But I think most adults in this building understand when a lady, right before she has to to give birth, uh, they talk about somebody's water breaking. We understand that little terminology. And this is what the Bible says about our Savior. He didn't just come by water. Jesus is not just an individual that has a fleshly birth like you have. That's not even how he came. He came by water. Yes, he came through the womb of a virgin Mary and was born just like every other man is born. But there was another, there's another nature to the Lord Jesus Christ. He also came by blood. He came by, what does that mean he came by blood? 
Well, when you talk about a physical fleshly birth of man, you're talking about a watery birth. But when you're talking about coming by blood, you're entering into a different discussion. Would you go to Acts chapter 20? See, Jesus is not like us. Yes, he was born of a virgin's womb. He came by water, but he didn't come by water only. He also came by blood, and he didn't get that blood from Mary. And he didn't get that blood from Joseph. Joseph had no part. Joseph never touched Mary until after Jesus was born. That's a great testimony of faithfulness in itself. That's another message. Move on, Brent. Move on. But Jesus just didn't come by water. He came by blood. If you ever really want, if, if you're into science, if you're into biology, if you're into things like that, and you want to really find out, there's a guy that wrote a book called The Chemistry of the Blood, Dr. M.R. DeHaan. He was not only a preacher, he was a physician. And he wrote a big treatise about how, and it's fascinating, how in the womb of a, of, of a woman, when that baby is being formed and, and before that baby comes in the world, that mother shares everything with that baby. I mean, everything is going back and forth between that mother's womb and that mother's body and that baby's body. It's a miracle of what goes on there. But you know, there's one thing that doesn't happen between that mother and that baby. There's not one drop of blood from that mother that goes into that baby. That's a miracle. Every other type of nutrient thing is funneling its way, but there is, no, there is no blood exchange between that body of that little baby and that mother. You know why that is? Because every one of, every one of us this morning that's been born, and we came through that, that physical birth, we're all tainted, we're all sinners Because that Bible says the life of the flesh is in the blood. And there's something that's passed down to each of us. We don't just get a body from our parents. We also get get that blood that contaminates us. Our father was a sinner and his father all the way back to Adam. And in Adam all die. But Jesus didn't come just by water. He also came by blood. You say, what was different about his blood? He didn't get it from Mary. Where did he get it from? The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 20, what a great verse. People, you know, people hate the Bible. And Bible correctors and other churches, they hate the Word of God, so they have to change it because they don't understand it. They don't believe it. But the Bible says in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 20 and verse number 28, a very fascinating thing God writes. He says in Acts 20, 28, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers, To feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. Now there's, look, I may not be the smartest uh, in English class, but I do know that when you look with his own blood, you have got to go back to a noun to find what that pronoun his refers to. And you go back to God. That means God has blood. You say, how in the world is that possible? It's a miracle. How could God have a seed? How could the Holy Ghost conceive in the womb of Mary a child? How is that possible? Oh, our God is so 
mysterious and so vast. You say, well, God's a spirit. Yes, but now we are learning that God has blood and God has a seed and God has a spirit. And now God has a body. The Bible says God was manifest in the flesh. And in the flesh, there Jesus Christ, He's coming not by water, but by blood, but it's not from human blood. As we are partakers of flesh and blood that have come to this world, He also only took part of the same, the Bible said. He took our flesh, but He didn't take our blood. He, took, he, he became in our place, but He wasn't coming as a sinful individual. The very blood of God is in him. He's sinless. He's spotless. And that's why his blood can avail for you. And that's why they didn't just hang him on on a cross by the neck. That's why he had to bleed and die. Because that blood that was poured out was divine blood that was poured out for not only one sinner or two sinners or a thousand sinners, but for all sinners that would ever be born. Because it's divine God's blood, you see. This is he that came by water and blood. Not by water only. Jesus Christ, not by water, but by water and blood. You know, on that cross, he poured out, he poured out his life. He poured out his physical life. And as a human being, he was the God-man. 100% God, 100% man. That, that's un- unfathomable. But as a man, he pours out his life and dies. But he didn't just pour out his life. You know what John said, this same author that's talking about all this water and blood stuff? He's at the cross in John 19. And you know what the Bible says when they pierced his side? John said this, there came out water and blood. And he makes a big deal about it. He said, I witnessed it. I saw the water and blood both coming out of his body. You know what that's a picture of? Not only he's pouring out his human life, his humanity, he's also pouring out something divine. You know what Isaiah 53 said about about the Lord Jesus Christ, that suffering, suffering one for us on the cross? It said that he poured out his soul. He made his soul an offering for sin. He's not just pouring out a physical life of a human being that was born out. He's pouring out his very soul with his blood, the very divine blood of God being shed for you. That's why we we sing about the blood, and that's why our heart is stirred about the blood, and that's why when we take communion, we think about the blood, because there was never a higher price put on anything in all the universe. God's very blood being shed for you. If you've not been saved, I tell you what, you'll never find a greater love than that. God pouring out His own soul for you. But our verse has got one other thing there. Not just water and blood. Not just the soul of God and the the body of the man. But the Bible tells us there in 1 John chapter 5. It said verse 6. This is he that came by water and blood even Jesus Christ. Not by water only but by water and blood. And it is the what? The spirit that beareth witness because the spirit is truth. It's very, it's, it's very unique because every one of these verses have a correlation to these things. 
The Spirit is found in verse 7. He's the Holy Ghost. The Spirit is found in verse number 8 as well. You're going to find, you're going to find a body also in verse number 8. There's water again. You're going to find a body in verse number 7 because the Bible talks about the Word being made flesh. That's a body. And also there in verse number 6, that water is talking about the body of our Lord Jesus Christ. But, but so you've got the water, you've got the blood, and you've got the Spirit. Because here's the, tr- the truth about every one of us. We're all made in the image of God. You know that you're not just one, you're three. Now don't tell your psychiatrist that. He'll, he'll, he may feed you under the door. But you're, you're not just one. And you know you all thank God for that. And some of you need to come to the realization that you're not just a body. You know what sinners think? They think that, that the only thing about them is their body. That's just one little part of you. That's one part of three. Why would I emphasize one part over the rest of the parts of me? And really that, that body part of you, that, that's, probably, that's probably the most uh, troublesome or the most... Uh, or, or the biggest problem that you have is that body. It's the most temporary thing, you see. No, you're not just a body. You also have a soul in there. And there's also a spirit there. And the Bible talks about our Savior. You know what the great thing about the Lord Jesus is? His spirit was not like yours either. His spirit was the spirit of God. The Holy Ghost The Bible says this, if any man have not the Spirit, he's none of his. And then he says this, he says, but if the Spirit of Christ be in you, the Holy Ghost is even called the Spirit of Christ. And that Spirit of of God, that Holy Ghost, was bearing witness to everything Jesus did. And it overshadowed his life and it empowered His Spirit was the Holy Ghost. You know, the great thing about that is, that can, that, that can be made available to you. You don't have to just have a fallen spirit. You don't just have to have a dead spirit. Man without God is a dead spirit. He's dead in trespasses and sin. Now his body's not dead. His soul, his mind, it's not dead. But he's dead spiritually. Not Jesus when he came to the world. The spirit bore witness. Hey, you know, this, this is the most alive that anybody could ever be. Came by water, came by blood, and the Spirit bore witness. Jesus was water, He was blood, He was Spirit, just like you. Now go to our next verse. When He he talks about who Jesus is, then He begins to talk about just overly how God, how God is. If you want to know everything about God, here's verse 7. For there are three that bear record in heaven. If you went to heaven, there would be three that bear record in heaven. There's three up there that, that set the record. Look at it. For there are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, the Ho- and the Holy Ghost. Now, if, if we'd have to go through it, I'd say the Father, that would be the soul of God, the Word, that's Jesus, that's the body of God, the Holy Ghost, that's the Spirit of God. The Bible, again, says that man, man is a spirit and a soul and a body, and God is a spirit and a soul and a body, and He's three in one. You say, I don't understand it. How can there be three in one? That's called the Trinity. That's the triune God. There's so many people that believe in triune God. They either believe that... Um, there are many gods or there's no God at all. Or they believe that there's one God and they don't, they don't understand that God is one, but He's three in one. 
These three are one. Now, don't, don't, don't ever get your doctrine wrong. We don't have three gods. We don't have God. I mean, we're not Mormons that have a plurality of gods. There is no plurality of gods. There's only one God. But there's three in that one. You say, I don't understand that. Sure you do. Let me help you. Uh, matter of fact, son, run back there and bring me one of them eggs that somebody brought me today. We're going to have an open illustration. In God, you know God has made everything up. Just about everything in our universe is, divided, is made up of threes. You think about time. Just time. What is time? Is, is there three parts to time? But, but there's only... In, there's, there, but it's just time. It's not different. It's past, present, future. When you think about um, how we look at our universe, we look at it in three dimensions. There's three dimensions to our universe. You have got height, you've got width, you've got depth. And all, all these three dimensions, everything that we can understand has to fit into those dimensions. Matter. Matter itself. You, our understanding is solid and liquid and gas. You know, I learned that when I was a little, little boy in school. Divided up into threes. Not only that, uh, when you think about uh, an atom... No eggs. Nobody brought eggs today. Somebody just escaped it. <laughs> Maybe they didn't. When you think about our universe, you know what? Everybody's worried right now about. Um, everybody's worried right now about what I'm going to do with this egg. No. Everybody's worried about right now about nuclear war. Right? That's a real thing. You know how that all came about? Because somebody figured out. That everything is made up of atoms, and an atom is made up of three parts. Three parts. It's got the imprint of God on it. There's protons, there's electrons, and there's neutrons, and they started fooling with that, and they got a big boom. Everything's made up of threes. You're three. You're a spirit, you're a soul, a body. You're just one. You're not three people. You're one person. You're one God. Or one God. You're one person. <laughs> but God is the same way. He's three in one. Now, who would, who would be crazy enough to say that I've got three in my hand? You can't say that's, that's three. That's just one egg, right? Just, <laughs> if, if, if it cracked, you'd see the three. Right? But it's just one egg. It's not two, it's one. But that egg's got three parts that make up that one egg. That's the way God is. God is three in one. He's the Father, God the Father. And then you've got God the Son. And you've got God the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. Just like we would never think that that your soul is, is a different you than your body. You're three in one. And God is trying to show that. Everything in the universe is made up 
that way. You know, you can take the beautiful music that we have. You know, many people have broken music itself down into three parts. Melody and, and, and harmony and rhythm. God breaks up the kingdoms that, you know, if you're in science class, we could have Brother Chris get up here and give us a, 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 a thesis on it. You've got the animal kingdom and you've got the vegetable kingdom and you've got the mineral kingdom. You take light. There's light that you can see. There's light waves that you can feel. Then there's light waves that you can't see or feel. There's three parts to that. And God has imprinted on on our world His stamp that He is a triune God. You say, why is that? Because you you would not be able to relate to God without a body. That's why Jesus said, He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. You're looking at God. You're talking to God. God's a spirit, yes. But God sent forth His Son so that the manifestation of God in the body, you could touch Him, you could hear Him, you could hug Him, you could understand Him. The Bible says these three are one. Three that bear record in heaven. The, the Father and the Word and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. You say, why are you emphasizing that? We, we all believe in the Trinity. Here, you, you ought to hold this King James Bible. You ought to love it. You ought to thank God for it. And you ought to dismiss anybody that ever tries to correct it. Because what I'm trying to tell you, this verse number 7, did you know the majority of all the religious world and the theological world and the educational world and the seminary world and, and all, of, all of the other Bibles, you know what they do? They take verse 7 out. The greatest verse in all the Bible on the Trinity is removed from all of these other fake English Bibles. Hold on to your Bible. God put that in there for a reason. Amen. I never forget I was in, in, in Greek class. He said, oh, there's, there's not even a manuscript that has that. You know, I found out that guy was lying to me. I've got it right. Anybody ever... I'm not going to get into education, get in the weeds, because most of you all believe the Bible. But there's a reason for why we believe what we believe. We don't just say that. People lie. First John 5, 7 is in manuscripts. I've got the three numbers of the three manuscripts written right here on my desk if you want them after church. As a matter of fact, this verse, verse 7, is quoted in 200 A.D. It's quoted several times in 300 A.D. It, in, in writings that people write. It's quoted umpteen times in 400 A.D. Let me ask a question. How can you quote a verse that's not there? How can all these people be writing about 1 John 7 if it never existed? It doesn't make sense. I got a list of Bibles that go all the way back. They go all the way back uh, to the 200, 300, 400 AD. And they're all in those Bibles. Many foreign languages. How did how it get there? Listen, that, that's in the Bible. We, we believe in the Trinity. We don't believe in three separate gods. But there are different movements that just believe in Jesus only. They, they don't even believe in the Father and the Spirit. That's against what God's saying. They're three in one just like you, just like all of creation. It's got the stamp on it of God's very image. Now, what I want to get to, I, I want to get to verse 8. Because I don't know how many years I read this verse and I said, what are you talking about, Lord? <laughs> Look, read verse 8 with me. And there are three that bear witness where? Okay, so now we've left heaven and we've come back down to earth. And God says, there is a witness right now in this earth. And there's three, there's three of them. Just like the other two verses. 
There are three that bear witness in earth. The spirit and the water and the blood. And these three agree in one. Now, for a long time I said, okay, what are you talking about? Because the water you've been talking about, that's Jesus. But I know Jesus is in heaven. I just read that in verse 7. Right? What are you discussing here, Lord? Let me ask you a question. In this earth right now, you know what I'm glad? I'm glad that God has not left us alone. And he is, though Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, God has a witness in this earth to the whole world. You know what that witness is? It's the Spirit and the water and the blood. Now, here's my question to you. Where is the Spirit? Where is the water? Where is the blood in the earth? I told you you had to put your thing cap on. I didn't write this. I just have to preach it. But there's something here. Where is the Spirit? We have been reading about Him. Look at verse chapter 4, verse 13 of 1 John. Chapter 4, verse 13. Hereby know we that we dwell in Him and He in us because He hath given us of His what? Of His Spirit. Look at chapter 3 at verse 24. 1 John 3, 24. And He that... Keepeth his commandments, dwelleth in him, and he in him. And hereby we know that he abideth in us by the what? The spirit which he hath given us. Romans 8 9 says, he has given us the spirit of Christ. If you're saved by the grace of God, do you know where the Holy Ghost is right now in the earth? He's inside the people that had believed on the Son of God. If you want the witness of the Holy Ghost, you know where He's at? He's right in here and I'm walking on the earth. And if you're saved by the grace of God, He's in you. It's not, just, it's not some ethereal mystery. No, no. If you're saved, the whole, the Spirit of God, that same part of that triune God is living inside of you. And you know what He's there doing? He's wanting to witness in the earth. That spirit that's in us. Because Jesus is up at the right hand of the Father. And the Father's up there. But yes, the spirit is in here. Not just to comfort me, which I thank God for that. Not just to help me through my problems and lead me in the path of life, which I thank God for that. But he's in here to witness in the earth. He says, the spirit and the Water. Now, we've already seen what was the water in verse number 6. What was the discussion of? It was a discussion of, of what? No, 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 no trick question. A bodily birth, right? That virgin Mary's womb that came forth a body. A body. Well, look over at Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. And with your other hand, Colossians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 5. The Bible says in verse 30. For we, that's people that have been saved by the grace of God, that have been sanctified. For we are members of His what? Body of his what? Flesh and of his what? You notice there's something not in that phrase? 
There's no blood in that phrase, is there? You remember when they saw Jesus after the resurrection? He says, you know, a spirit hath not flesh and bones as you see me have. The resurrected Christ didn't have no blood in his body. The blood was somewhere else. But you know what the Bible says about the body, God's body? Where's God's spirit right now? God's spirit is in those that have been saved by the grace of God. Where's God's body right now? Where is his body? Where is his flesh? Where, is his, where are his bones? You say, well, it's, it's up there in heaven. No, no, I'm talking about in the earth. God has a body in the earth. Glory. We are members of His body, of His flesh, and of His bones. It's not just a religion. I'm part of the body of God. The body of Jesus Christ in this earth. He said in Colossians chapter 1, you, you should know the phrase. In verse number 18, Colossians 1, 18. And He is the head of the body, the church. Who's the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. What I'm telling you is, the God's Spirit is in the church, those that have been redeemed. And God's body is the church. And it's in the earth for a reason. When you walk around, if you're saved, as we as God's collective body, the church, people that are redeemed by the grace of God, as we walk around in this earth, We are to witness, hey, if you want to know something about God, come to His body. Are we His body? But you know, at the same time, that brings great conviction. Because here's the truth. The only thing in this earth, in this earth right now, the only way this world can really see the body of God. Just like Jesus said, He that has seen me has seen the Father. You want to know something about God? You're looking at the body. The only way this world is going to find out about our God is if they find out about it through His body. And His body is the church. Members of His body, of His flesh. I can't even explain that, but I believe that. And of his bones. And he loves the body. He wants to use the body. And your body is not yours. It's the temple of the Holy Ghost. Which is in you. Which you have of God. You're not your own. If you're saved, your body's God's body. So how's God's body doing? How's God's body looking in this world? How is God being represented in this earth? Through that body. Through you. Oh, many times we just step back and say, God will take care of His business and it'll be all right. It doesn't matter what I do or how I live. No, no. You're His body in the earth right now. We that are saved are His body. We have got to be working. We've got to be showing the world who God is. And what he looks like. And how they can connect to him. But I'm glad he didn't stop there. It just doesn't say in the earth right now is that spirit. In the earth right now is that water, that body. But he says this in verse number 8. There are three that bear record in, excuse me, the three that bear witness in earth. The spirit and the water and the what? And the blood. 
question for you. Where's God's blood right now? You said, preacher, I, I know where it, it's up there. No, what, 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 what? Three that bear witness in earth. You know what that tells me? That tells me that God's blood is still available in the earth. That same blood that we ran up to, to in verse number 6, that divine blood is available in the earth. Where are we going to find that blood? Well, what is chapter 1 of 1 John verse 7? What did it tell us? But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. That's, here, that's down here in, in earth. And the what? The blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanseth us from all sin. The Bible says this, as we gather together in the name of Jesus, and we're fellowshipping with God, and we're walking in the light, you know what's present in the earth? The blood is there. The blood is available to cleanse It's not just up at the right hand of the Father in glory. It's available in the earth. And thank God for that. That means I can get to it. You know what that Bible says? An amazing thing. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 16. It talks, listen, it talks about the communion of the blood of Christ. You know, he's not talking about that little cup of grape juice. Because when he talked about that bread, you know what he said? Listen, listen, I'm about finished. You know what he said about that bread? He said, we're the bread. We who know Christ, His church, we're the bread. Because remember, we're the body. But when we gather together in His name, and we search our hearts and we examine ourselves, there can be communion with the blood because not only is the Spirit of God found in His church. Not only God's Spirit, not only God's body is found in the church, but God's blood. God's blood is found in the church. That's why if there's something dirty in your life and you're saved, there is no reason for that to ever exist. Because you can contact in this earth anytime and get cleansed and get washed and commune with that blood because that blood is present. You know the, the blood of the, of the Lord Jesus Christ is available right now to anybody that's in this building. And that Spirit of God can apply that blood just like that Spirit of God did that miracle Amen. In Mary's womb, the Spirit of God can do a different kind of miracle in your heart and bring that blood of the Lord Jesus Christ to cleanse you from all sin. And you can commune with that. You can get together with that. The three in earth. All that sinners need, God has it available in the earth. His spirit, His body, His blood. Now, what do you need this morning? Maybe you're saved and you need to start walking out there and living like God's body ought to live. Maybe you need to see yourself as God's body to be a witness to this world because that's why you're here. 
But maybe you don't even know what I'm talking about this morning, but you know you're a sinner. Why don't you come and contact the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ by repentance and faith and let him change you and cleanse you because God may be a million miles away from this place, but he's, he's still here by his spirit and his body and his blood.